How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. <laughs> I, I mean, I just down the roll, and uh, you know, the great, you know, Larry Legend says uh, life bounces out, so that's <laughs> it bounced out tonight, and uh, evened up a little bit, and um, you know, shots went in, and I think. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to get to my spots, and you know, my teammates did a great job finding the ball for me, and you know, the run looked a lot bigger. Yeah, you know, um, obviously, I, I, you know, I get more comfortable down the stretch, I guess, when it comes down to, uh, you know, big time moments and big time plays. It's always been that way. I think it's easier for me to lock in to a certain extent, and uh, you know, obviously, I already had it going a little bit, and once the, you know, fourth quarter hit, you know, I just took my shots and they went in the floor, so it was a hit. He's, he's a really good big shot maker. I mean, he likes that moment. That moment is something that he enjoys. And, um, you know, again, he got it going. And, and so, um, but, but, you know, as I said before the game, he brings us great value when he doesn't have it going because of his, his defense has really gotten better and he can guard multiple positions. Celtics win again. They can't stop winning. They Pretty win straight. this one. 95 to 88 over the Orlando Magic. They get their revenge, and we're going to talk about it here on the Garden Report. Oh, oh, it's magic. You know, Garden Report, Celtics blog, and CLNS radio. Yeah. I'm Jared Weiss, joined by Jimmy Toscano of CSNNE and Celtics blog and the Metro. Uh, let's talk and about. Dreams. And my dreams, of course. So I've been dreaming of talking about the Celtics beating the Orlando <laughs> Magic for about a week now, and it finally happened. So they pull off another comeback. They didn't lead from the 10.38 mark in the second quarter until the two-minute mark in wow. the fourth quarter. And they don't give that lead up again. So they pull this one off. It was mm -hmm. a pretty remarkable game because some guys that really haven't been the main contributors for the team were the ones that really stepped up. First off was Evan Turner with 30 points. 30. 30 points for Evan Turner. Only once in a while, according to Brad Stevens. Yeah, but. exactly. But, you know, the funny thing is when he was in Philly, he was scoring 20 points almost right. all the time. Yes. We haven't really yeah. seen that from him in a few years. But tonight, he just, in the fourth quarter, it was 16 points for him in the fourth perfect quarter. Perfect shooting. He, six for six. Perfect shooting. He went 12. 24 was, in the second half. Yeah. He, he went, I think, on his last 13 shots, he hit all but one of them. I mean, it was just incredible the way that he was shooting efficient. the ball tonight. Quite efficient. Yeah, and I think that I want to give myself a little credit, too, because I started writing, I had to write the game story tonight, and I started writing it, like, halfway through the fourth quarter as if they were going to lose, because they were down eight points. Yeah. And they were playing, like, pretty much like crap for most of the game. Brad Stevens would back me up on that. But they turned it around. It was mostly to Turner, who couldn't miss. He was six for six in the fourth quarter. He was hitting, as Brad Stevens said, he was throwing the ball into an ocean. And Pressy, those two guys were, 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 to me, they stood out, to everybody, they stood out. 
Turner, like you said, he hasn't been the 30-point. He's not a 30-point score every night. He's not even a 25-point score. But earlier this year, he was, before Isaiah Thomas, he was the end of game guy. He was the guy who wanted the ball. And he was the guy who you kind of, at least I can say, I wanted him to have the ball in the end of the fourth quarter. And there was a couple of games where he would hit the shot. I remember we, we had a conversation about he would keep the, he would keep the shoes, the basketball sneakers yeah. from those games, that he would hit game-winning shots back in his Philly days. You know, and now this has been a couple of games uh, on the Celtics this year where, that, where that's the case. Good to see it again. My only concern, it's not really a concern, is whether or not he can do it with Isaiah Thomas on the court. And I think we'll talk about that in, later. Well, you know, Turner had too much responsibility handling the ball mm-hmm. for a while. And now with Thomas here, he's a secondary or even third ball handler in right. most instances. So it takes a lot of pressure off yeah. of him. And it makes things a lot better for him. So as this team approaches the playoffs, and that's something that we'll address in the second uh-huh. video, we, I said I, I said we were going to talk about it, but come on, I guess we have to always <laughs> talk about the playoffs, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's we the most important thing for this team, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Turner is in a good situation that mm-hmm. Thomas is here. Uh, he clearly showed tonight that it worked out for him pretty well. He's going to have those nights where his shot is falling. Right. He's playing harder. Turner's one of those guys that just his kind of like mag- mag- uh, magnetism towards the ball will vary game mm-hmm. to game. He won't be quite just going for the 50-50 balls. He won't right. be quite moving off the ball or on defense the way that he should. And on nights like this where he just has the motor really running in fifth gear, or he was in sixth gear tonight. He was more of a Ferrari tonight. I mean, th- the Both difference the difference is huge. And that's, yeah, it's not just the offense, but defensively, he's been solid for a while now. And right. he's never really been that good of a defender, which is an issue because he's like, he has a big physical advantage at small forward. Mm-hmm. He's a long athletic 6'8 guy. And, well, 6'8 is debatable, but that's what he's listed at, I believe. We'll call him but, 6'8. Yeah, we'll call him 6'7 at least. But so, I mean, he he is finally in this stretch playing smart defense. He's not making a lot of mistakes. Uh, let's see the turnover numbers there. I think you're low tonight. Three turnovers in 33 minutes where he took 20 shots. That's pretty solid. I mean, the guy the guy's yeah. usage rate was really high tonight. And, and they were all turning the ball over on the That's first true. Time. And, I mean, the Magic were so much worse. Oh, my God. It was a 21 turnovers? Yeah, they had yeah. 20. 20, okay. But so... You know, Turner, he's moving better all throughout the game, and that's something that you want to see. He's locked in. There's no question this team is so much dramatically, uh, from an emotional standpoint, they're mm. grinding is the word that we're hearing. Hashtag grinding is going to start being a thing at Grinders. this point. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll call this episode hashtag grinding. How about that? But so, I mean, everyone's using the word grinding now. Stevens is Bradley, Turner, everybody. And you're mm. seeing it starting to make its way to the guys that weren't really grinding the entire time. And Turner's the one that you're seeing a lot better dividends from. Turner's a guy that when they signed him, a lot of people were a little bit skeptical of the signing. Like, what's he, like, it's just a weird signing to your deal. Like, what's he going to do for them? Is he just a guy who's just going to look for his shots on a bad team? Or is he a guy who's going to buy into the system? And I think, like everybody else, he is buying into the system. And he said, post-game tonight, he said, no offense to anybody else in the league, but I don't really want to be a one-trick pony where I just do one thing, whether that's scoring or whether that's assists or whether that's whatever it is. He said he wants to focus on a little, on a little bit of everything. And like that goes into what you've been saying, how even on the nights where maybe he's not scoring 20 or even 15 points, his shot might not be there, he's not letting that affect him on the defensive end or he's not letting that affect how he distributes the ball. Um, and I just think that's one thing that he's that we've seen him improve this season and, on, and under Brad Stevens in a role that changes from game to game, it feels like, whether he's some games when he's playing more of a point guard or a point forward role and, and now where he's clearly the forward and there's guys like, Tonight it was Pressy, clearly the point guard, and bringing the ball up in that way. So it's good to see him. He's a, he's kind of like a 
a gecko where you can just kind of like adapt to the situation and to his surroundings. So that's it's been nice to watch him play, and I, I he's been one of my uh, favorite players to watch on this team this year. All right, now let's talk about Phil Pressey, the guy that Phil. doesn't play for a month yeah. and then gets called upon, and all More of a sudden more than a month, pretty much. Yeah, it's I mean, been since like late January, he hasn't really played. And that was something that Steven said that he w should be expecting that he's going to lose a lot of men's mm. return uh, with uh, Thomas coming in. And Pressy has clearly continued to work, yeah. and it paid off. And Pressy said after the game that he's been continuing to work out as hard as ever, practice as hard as ever whenever they do get to practice, and just continue to ready himself to get the opportunity because Coach always says you never know when, you get, when you're going to get called upon. He gets right. called upon tonight. He has 10 points and 10 assists. That's a really good game. It was so vital to that comeback yes. in the fourth quarter. I mean, as great as Turner's scoring was without Pressy's imp needed, impact, yeah. especially defensively against Alfred Payton, whose turnovers were five. He had a game-high five turnovers, mm -hmm. and you're going to give Phil Pressy a lot of credit for that one. I mean, it, it was a huge game in which Marcus Smart barely even played. Pressy played from the four-and-a-half-minute mark in the third quarter all the way down to about 30 seconds left in the game. Smart, I mean, Smart did end up with roughly I mean, a couple minutes less than, than Pressy, but... He smart started the game, and when they put Pressy in late in the first quarter, I mean, there was the Celtics could get less than zero going on offense. I think they had ten points or eight points with like they had ten points with under three minutes to go in the quarter. I mean, they they had nothing going on. Pressy is one of the players that they substituted in the game, and the offense started to click. They started to hit some shots. He's distributing the ball, and late in the game, later on in the game, we're seeing him drive to the hoop like he's attacking the rim like Isaiah Thomas does. He kind of looked like Isaiah Thomas on a number of drives where he would just go up to the rim and throw his body up there and see what happened. He, I think he was four for five. He was four for... He was two for four from the line. Two for four from the line, but four for five from the field. He oh, was yeah. four for four to start. And the fifth one was, a, I believe it was, I can't remember. I thought it was a mm -hmm. layup that he just, that he missed, I think, under the hoop. But the point was he was attacking, he was aggressive. He was doing everything they needed to do. He was distributing clearly with the 10 assists tonight. And he's a guy that, yeah, the Celtics, they don't get to practice much officially but he is in the gym all the time and he even goes to the gym after games on a game like tonight if they weren't going to indiana i would not be surprised if he left here and he went straight to the gym even though he did play when he doesn't play in games he goes to the gym after the games and he shoots around and i know kelly olenek does the same thing those guys are i think they're the their best friends i believe yeah. kelly olenek has said that but they're best friends and i think that they push each other outside of games to you know just to keep they keep on each other and, and when Pressy's not playing at all it's tough to keep that confidence it's tough to kind of keep that frame of mind like that you belong but he as Olenek said when he doesn't play he works even harder that makes him work harder and a lot of guys might it might be the opposite they might get down and out and just say why even bother and the last thing point I want to make is that even when Pressy isn't playing even when he's not maybe he's an afterthought Brad Stevens hasn't forgotten about him like he's we even we asked Pressy that tonight Brad Stevens will make a point to come over to him every so often and say, hey, like you mean, you, you mean a lot to our team. You mean a lot to this organization. Keep doing what you're doing. Your time's going to come. We're going to need you. And tonight they needed him. And if it wasn't for Phil Pressey, they 1,000% lose this game. And that's what Stevens was saying in his post-game press conference is that Pressey's been really big for them on the bench, mm -hmm. the way he cheers on teammates, how he is in the huddles, how he is off the court. Yeah. And that Stevens will go up to him constantly and remind him that his, his input off the court has been incredibly mm -hmm. invaluable. And just having the guys at the end of the bench that are really pushing the team forward, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you need if you want to be a well-run team. Yes. When we come back in part two, let's talk more about the way that Brad Stevens is running this team. Sneak peek, uh, spoiler alert, I guess. No, I don't want to say spoiler alert. Just sneak preview. It's going to be a lot of praise for Brad Stevens because what he's done with this team over the past few, uh, the past month now, has been pretty incredible. 
and then we'll give the box and ball awards. This is the it's Garden Report. Been a wicked awesome. It's been a wicked awesome pot one. So this is the Garden Report brought to you by Peak Organic Brewing and Linda.com. We'll be right back. I mean, every now and then he'll have a talk with me. Uh, every if I don't play for five, six games, he'll talk with me, just tell me to stay ready. Uh, I mean, all the time. I mean, last year guys get hurt, and you know you have to step in and play. So I mean, just having him talk to you every couple games or so, and letting you know that you're still part of the team. And for me, just winning. Uh, I don't mind not playing as long as we're winning, and I I felt like that. I mean, from day one. So as long as we're winning, I, I'm happy. Fourth. Oh, I thought one of our best defenders on the floor and the guy that spearheaded the whole night was Phil Pressy. You know, I thought, you know, Evan Evan carried us in with his scoring. Um, Phil Pressy's defense was huge, and Phil Pressy getting out on the break was huge. Um, and then his ability to get to the foul line, break people down off the dribble, get to the rim a couple times when we've got nothing going was huge. And I just, you know, credited him in our locker room. You know, he didn't play for a month. You know, but he was a pro, and we've talked about that with him all the time. But usually, he's gotten a chance to play. But um, him responding and just being ready is a real testament to Phil. Yeah, I never heard Brad really curse, and he cursed us out pretty, pretty good. I didn't know who was coming in the locker room, but he <laughs> came in and started screaming, and I, I, I jumped. So I was like, uh, pretty much. Um, you know, we need to get it, you know, under wraps. I knew he's pretty upset. And you now I heard we have no food on the plane, so I'm pretty sure at halftime he called, you know, for, for no food. So, uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, we don't have to get him that mad again. All right, so it's part two. I say, all right, all right it's part two. Let's talk about Brad Stevens. Brad right, Stevens right, has been right. pretty eye all year. And then ever since the Isaiah Thomas trade, the team has drastically changed. Now, yes. Getting rid of Green, getting rid of Rondo, they actually continue to improve, which has been pretty remarkable. But it's really because those. What's happening in Dallas, by the way? I know, Jesus Christ, man, what is going on there? Also, Jeff Green, four we for do 13 a part the other three night. On Dallas, but yeah. we won't. You know, I'll actually, very quickly before I even go into everything, I wanted to say this after the last game because the timing's not as good anymore. But Larry H. Russell, the producer of Celtics Speed Podcast, which I appear on and is the best Celtics podcast. It's just about the only Celtics podcast, it's, as far as I know. There's very few of them. But they have big-name national guests on every single episode. Uh, he did an interview with Chris Wallace that you can find on CLNS Radio. Chris Wallace, former Celtics GM, current Grizzlies GM. Mm -hmm. A lot of good insight, uh, especially on Jeff Green. They talked about how much they love Jeff Green. How, really? amazingly, Chris Wallace actually said... Uh, he might be trying to sell his recent trade to keep his job, although I think his job security is pretty strong. He said that he loves Jeff Green's energy and how Jeff Green does so many things off the ball that aren't in the box score. Now, well, watching him for the last few years, I'm not sure exactly what he's seeing, yeah. but of course, Green's in a different situation you know where what, they're, they're it winning. might work out they're for winning. him. They're winning. I don't that think they true. have any regrets about the trade. I really yeah. don't, because they're winning, and that's why they brought him there. He's starting. There's a little debate now whether or not they... Not, I'm not saying there's a debate inside the organization, but I think fans are starting to wonder if Jeff Green should start or if Tony Allen should start. From two completely different players, if you yeah. ask me. I, 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 like, I think I like Tony off the bench only because he's got that energy and that defensive intensity where I'm not sure if Jeff Green would have the same sort of, as we know. And you remember how things went for Jeff Green when he came off the bench here. It was disastrous. Yeah. It was really bad. Right. But then he was starting, got his rhythm, and he played really well. So let's move, focus on this team. So Brad Stevens... Loses the uh, loses Rondo and Green. They continue to improve. Smart continues loses to improve. Brad, Bradley uh, loses um, Selinger too. No. And then of course that. But trade for Thomas. Thomas of course solves their biggest problems. We talked about that a lot of times. Yeah. They have the dribble penetrator. Opens up the offense for everybody else. Or, but they lose Thomas for these two games here, 
and they continue to play well. They beat Orlando in a revenge game that, you know, isn't that surprising. But that win over Memphis it was... surprising was, the way it started, though. Sure, that is true. But the win over Memphis was huge. I mean, that was... You look that at that win, you look surprising. at the Atlanta win, you look at the near win over the Warriors. That's kind of like the three hallmark games for this team yep. uh, that kind of show that they can really compete with, of course, Atlanta, who they may be facing if they grab that eight seed. But so... They beat Memphis without Isaiah Miami Thomas. Miami was a good win on the road. Yeah, that's true. That's a good win. We'll New see Orleans what happens. Yeah. on the road. Those that's, are okay. good wins. So there, there's a lot of good wins. They're playing really well. Yeah. That's the point of this conversation. Right. So what is happening with this team right now? Now, we've heard a lot of guys talk about the fact that Brad Stevens has been really important happening. to them. It's all happening. It's happening very fast. Brad Stevens is going from, like, maybe one of, like, the 15 best coaches in the league to now he's starting to really catapult towards the, Stevens, towards the upper end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Popovich, we've, Popovich has said many times he goes to Brad Stevens for advice on life, wine, marital yeah, sure. relations all the time. But so what are we seeing different out of this team? What is different about the way Brad Stevens is running this team? Or is it well, just experience that? experience is yeah. one. Okay. I mean, I think that's the number one thing is experience, not just for Brad Stevens, but for the players under him. I mean, this is a guy who rarely do you come into the – come into the league as a first-year coach and you have success. Never do you come into the league as a first-year coach on a bad team and have success. So wins and losses, you look at it and say, well, what the heck, what is this guy doing? But if you watch the team, if you follow the team from last year to this year, you'll see that you see the progress, you see the growth, and most importantly, you see the trust that these guys have in Brad Stevens. They can't go a single post-game interview without mentioning this guy. It's incredible, right? They, they can't. I mean, it, it, no one's telling them to do this. I mean, Brad Stevens is one of the most humble guys, one of the more quiet guys and just reserved guys that I've, you know, been around, as, especially as an NBA coach in a, in a league that has so many characters. Um, he's not one of those guys. So, I mean, they are – I think they're going out of their way to maybe show, like, this guy is really helping them as a team become more confident, more unified. They believe in what he says. They believe in the plays that he draws up, and I think – when you have a confident coach, and he and he the and he's he's level-headed, rarely ever do you see him freaking out on the sidelines, good or bad. You see him angry as hell on the sidelines, but he angry. keeps composure. Yeah, oh. right, right. He keeps his composure. It's the anti-doc. Right, Ugh. right. And I think Ugh. that sort of confident, the the way the way he is, it rubs off on his players. They see how he is. They re <clears throat> excuse me. They react the same on the court. Now. Brad Stevens, you're talking about his humble demeanor, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Now, Evan Turner, during his post-game press Very conference, said that, yes. that Stevens walked into the locker room after the game and started screaming and cursing at everyone. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny. Cause, Which I love. Yeah. I want to see that sometimes. That, and that's awesome. And that's what we've heard. We've heard so many people talk about how Stevens is a disturbingly hyper-competitive guy. Yeah. And, I mean, he's the kind of guy that's going to be super composed from mm -hmm. the cameras gets in there and screams, you mother, and we don't want to make Kyle bleep everything out, so <laughs> no. we'll save him the work. But it, it was great to hear that. And you saw Stevens, he came to the podium tonight. He seemed like a little kind of wired, just yeah. a little bit. I don't know if it's because he keeps saying grinding over and over again. He's starting to that grind out there. I think he's just pumped. Yeah, seeing Tony Allen, the grind father up close, maybe oh, he's learned a little bit. Yeah. The grind father was grinding the other night. Yeah. But the, the demeanor of Stevens has been more positive, obviously, because they're winning, they're winning. more. But he's starting to see it, like... 
results that he wants to see, you know? But, you know, there's a lot of coaches that I think have the similar philosophies, mantras, and their kind of conviction and dedication to their philosophies. And Stevens, obviously, from a philosophical point of view, has been very good. But your conviction in holding that up against losses and adversity and injury, mm -hmm. trade, all that, is extremely difficult. Stevens has had to dealt with it more than deal with all those kind of things, more than just about any other coach that we've ever seen, in, at least while we've been around covering the NBA. I mean, he's had all of his stars traded away. Right. He's had his best star remaining injured I and mean, all this kind of stuff that's happened to him. Young team, not much veteran leadership on the court. And he has continued to improve this team. He's stuck so hard and fast behind the scenes and out in front of the cameras and on the court to all the things that he believes in. And right. the players are believing in it now and it's actually working. And we see Brian Shaw, for instance, everything went exactly the opposite way for him and his players gave up on he him couldn't very quickly. relate to his guys. Yeah. Yeah, and I, well, there, there's some Brian, there's they some issues on Brian Shaw's end, and yeah, but uh, but you know the point is is that it's pretty incredible to see the way Stevens has taken this young team, who frankly are playing way beyond their talent level right now, beating all these really top tier teams. They're playing way beyond their talent level, and it's clear that his philosophies worked, and his ability to keep his players believing in those philosophies was so vital, right. and that's what makes a good coach. And that's why Greg Popovich has been able to get all of these players to sacrifice their games uh, to, for the greater good. Stevens is getting the same kind of thing. And you're seeing a team that seems to be kind of running in a similar fashion to the way that San Antonio runs without the, no, quite like the mini, talent that they Spurs, have there. Right? Yeah, exactly. So they're kind of a mini Spurs, much in the way that the Atlanta Hawks have been. No, I, and I agree. And I think another good thing that Stevens has going for him is there's not a ton of pressure on him. I think he has Danny Ainge's. 100% support. Mm -hmm. I mean, Danny Ainge. And Wade Grosbeck and Steve Pagliucos, which From the top down, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, these guys aren't making it easy on him. We already went over the yes. moves that they've made for him, you know, from last year to this year till right till now. This is the best, you know, this is the best time for him because he knows that this is the team he has right now. He doesn't have to worry about what's going to happen next week, who's going to be out the door for this reason or the next. If he can get his guys healthy, if Isaiah Thompson can come back healthy, He's got something that's working for them. They believe in it. He believes in it. And they're starting to see it. And that's all you need. Sometimes you just need to see it. Yep. You know what I mean? And he hasn't changed anything. He hasn't changed his coach, coaching philosophies. He hasn't changed the way he acts or thinks or the way he, the way he works. Uh, I, and I think that's another thing. I think he's such a hard worker. I think a lot of the players see how hard he works and how he doesn't take you know, nights off. You know, there's no such thing as an off night. You know what I mean? And I think that when the players see that, they feel the same way. And these players, you talked about it, they're playing above their level right now because nobody really believed in them either. I mean, they were left for dead. Everyone was talking about how they should lose, lose, lose right up until the All-Star break. And now all of a sudden, I think they've won eight out of their last 11 games. Mm -hmm. That's up there. That's top three in the league right now. I think it's up three or four top records in the last 11 games. And in the East, it, the only team with a better record than them is the Pacers over the last. Unfortunately, who they're competing for they're a playoff tomorrow, which is and yeah. they're playing tomorrow, which is going to be a great game. I can't yeah. wait for that. But yeah, they're. I mean, everything is sort of clicking for them at this moment, and it's just such a. It's, it's not a, really a surprise because I think we all kind of thought that at some point, the way everyone was so high on Brad Stevens that we were going to start seeing it on the records in yeah. the records. All right, uh, lightning round, boxing ball. So for me, boxing out, Evan Turner, 16 points, fourth quarter. And then I'll give Phil Pressing my baller tonight because great to see him come back, have a 10 and, can, 10, and, 10 and 10 game in pretty much his first game back from his long absence of being buried in the bench. Yes, and he'll, he needs to do it again tomorrow. Yeah, they're going to need true. him. They're going to call Against George him Hill, again. yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. 
Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they're going to need him big time on Monday. I am going to predict that Isaiah Thomas does not play on Monday. Hot takes. That's my prediction. All right, so lightning round. Boxing lightning ball. round, sorry. Um, boxing is going uh, with the magic here. Alfred Payton, 4 for 15 from the free throw line. That is Rajon Rondo-esque. That is that bad. That's, that's a low blow and, and high praise, of and, course. And in... Also in comparison, Celtics played hack up Peyton tonight, which seems we're starting to do on Rondo. I mean, this guy, Peyton, can get to the hoop when he does. He's he's a great player. He's gonna have a great future. Mm -hmm. But his shoot, his shot is awful. I think he's a 14% three-point shooter right now, and he hit a, he hit a three-point shot tonight, obviously. But bad shooter, horrible free throw shooter. Four of 15. Player of the night is Evan Turner. We already talked to him in our last video. 30 points. He was shooting the ball into an ocean tonight. Six for six in the fourth quarter. 24 points in the second half. He was their closer. Mm. Uh, let's not belabor the point here. Four for 15 from the line by Alfred Baton. Yeah. He did have 20 points and nine assists. So right. he, no. that, was, that was pretty damn good. But the yeah. hack of Payton strategy worked but wonders. But if you can't hit free throws, you're not going to be in there at the end of the games if, no. if they need you. I guess last thing for me uh, tonight is I was uh, interviewing uh, Victor Oladipo after the game. I was the only one left there. And then uh, right as I was starting to interview him, uh, Nick Vucevic ripped the loudest fart in the corner of the room. And <laughs> everybody looked over and we were all like, holy. And, uh, and Nick just looked up and just smiled and shook his head. And I, I told him it was a nice fart as I was walking out. And he just said, I, it's what I do best. Yeah, Phil was unbelievable. Uh, you know, and he's he's been there ready, you know, game in, game out. Uh, you know, hasn't really gotten the opportunity. But, you know, he hasn't, hasn't you know, uh, bowed his head at all. Or, um, you know, been upset or anything like that. He's just, you know, been the ultimate team guy. And, you know, when his number is called, he delivered. It's unbelievable. The, you know, the work that he puts in on a daily basis is unbelievable. <laughs>